What's up, everybody? Welcome to an oversized jumbo episode of the Top 5 at 5 with your host, Johnny Quest. Today is Monday, February 1st. Here's what you missed while you were digging yourself and your car out of 18 inches of snow. All right, lots of stories this week, plus a couple I missed from last week. Let's start by talking about Robin Hood and all that mess. All right, so we spoke about the GameStop stonks last week and manipulating the price to go up, and it mostly did. But then something wild happened on Thursday. Robin Hood stopped allowing people to buy more of the GME and AMC stocks. A couple of other of these shorted stocks were also on the list too, like Koss and Bed Bath and Beyond and a bunch of other failing companies. And the internet exploded. I mean, most people assume that they did this to protect novice investors from losing their pants, but a bunch of other people assumed that hedge fund managers were making backroom deals with Robinhood to kill the game. But okay, what what actually happened here? Because Robinhood tried to explain it, but didn't really do a great job here. Well, as it turns out, there was rules that were put in place after the recession of 08 under Dodd-Frank that really forced Robinhood's hand. Quote, basically, the the company was concerned that it wouldn't have enough money to fulfill its IOUs. Without getting into too much detail, a trade that you make on Robinhood isn't actually settled into your account until two days after you press the buy or sell button. In the interim time, Robinhood and other brokerages provide collateral to a third party, the Depository Trust and Clearing Corporation, DTCC, to cover the transaction. Now, last week, because of the tremendous volatility around certain stocks and the volume of trading, Robinhood was asked to deposit 10 times as much money as it typically does. Money Robinhood wasn't sure it had. So it shut down buy orders on these stocks. It tapped hundreds of millions of dollars in credit and it raised a billion dollars overnight from investors, end quote. And and look, it also wasn't just Robinhood. TD Ameritrade also shut it down. Webull shut it down too. It's what they call quote-unquote market mechanics is it bullshit sure but if you really wanted to buy more gme you could have just gone over to a a traditional investment house fidelity morgan stanley etc it's not like the stock exchange shut down but the question does still lie in who runs these clearing houses what's the actual relationship here between citadel and point 72 and robin hood who's actually losing any money here and who are the people that are winning robin hood is getting sued multiple lawsuits and they might have put their forthcoming ipo in jeopardy or maybe not they have the number one app on the app store last week they added 177,000 new trading accounts and have over 700,000 daily active users i mean I, i guess there really is no such thing as bad press let's see how these cases work out for them All right, moving on, the executive orders from the Biden team just keep on rolling, basically just hitting command Z and undo on the last four years. That's what Uncle Joey was spending his time doing last week. He even had an executive order that was focused on health care or a couple of them. And they're supposed to reverse what Trumpito did when he tried to take apart Obamacare. But honestly, he actually wasn't able to do much. Sure, he definitely had some impact on the Affordable Care Act 
Act. But what Biden signed last week? I mean, it's a new three-month open enrollment period aimed at people that lost their jobs recently. And they had a reversal of the Mexico City gag policy, which is about giving aid for international organizations that provide abortions, abortion counseling, or are advocates for expanding access to abortion. Now, this is an order that gets signed and repealed every time a different party takes office since all the way back in the Reagan days. But that's really mostly it, which, you know, this New York Times article actually draws the conclusion that, quote, when the federal government enacts a new benefit that makes life easier for millions of people, the program tends to endure. That describes universal high school, Social Security, Medicare, Medicaid, and now Obamacare, end quote. And I mean, think about it. Before Obamacare, there was over 15% of the population without health care. It got as low as 8.6% before Trump took over, but it only went up to 9.2 afterwards because they weren't able to do much of the dismantling of the ACA that they wanted. Quote, even after Trump, an additional 20 million or so Americans have health insurance today, largely because of Obamacare. The big picture, the Affordable Care Act is a highly flawed, distressingly compromised, woefully incomplete attempt to establish a basic right that already exists in other developed countries. It is also the most ambitious and significant piece of domestic legislation to pass in half a century. Speaking of stonks and stocks, Walgreens stock got a pretty big boost last week. And no, it wasn't because of Reddit users, but just good old-fashioned investors that saw a recent move as a good one for the pharmacy chain. Yeah, they hired a new CEO, the former COO of Starbucks, Roz Brewer. And before that, she was the CEO of Sam's Club over for Walmart. And what makes this extra special, but kind of crazy that is the case, uh, but still cool is that she'll now be the only black woman running a fortune 500 company how the hell is that true black women be running shit on time under budget which is probably how walgreens will handle their part in distributing the vacunas this spring quote she is a distinguished and experienced executive who has led organizations globally through periods of changing consumer behavior by applying innovation that elevates customer experiences ultimately driving significant and sustainable growth and value creation, end quote. And yeah, Roz gets it done too. She was also on the board of Amazon, but has had to step down since that's probably a conflict with Amazon, who's now in the pharma game. Yeah, kudos to Walgreens and Boots for making a wise and apparently historical choice here. Now, Roz, can I get that Dwayne Reed 3% cash back for Apple Card back permanently? Because that was fire. Well, looky who's trying to find a date for the prom. Back when everything was actually locked down and nobody was driving around, two former bells of the ball, Exxon and Chevron, were talking about dating. According to the Wall Street Journal, there was a discussion of merger. Now, it didn't pan out, but the story says that it might still happen later on. If so, this would be the biggest oil merger since Exxon betted Mobile and Chevron married Texaco in the early 2000s. But they're both hurting 
now. Chevron lost $5.5 billion last year. Exxon was kicked out of the Dow, and when they announce earnings tomorrow, it's not expected to look good. Although oil prices are starting to go back up along with demand, it's still got a ways to go. If this goes through and the Biden administration allows it, which is a question, I don't know, will they rebrand back to the old Rockefeller Standard Oil name? I mean, that's where they both came from. I mean, this will be like AT&T buying Verizon and just becoming Ma Bell all over again. I don't know. All right, I mentioned the Tesla refresh that dropped last week, and yeah, it looks quite interesting. Now, there's a couple of details that I want to call out here. So the Model S and the Model X are getting both a slight exterior update, but a huge interior refresh for the 2021 season. The new Model S is going to start shipping in a few weeks, and the Model X will start shipping later this year. Now, this interior redesign is almost identical outside of the fact that the Model X has those rear bucket seat options and the optional third row. The front dash is really the same, and you can see that they're following the style of the Model 3 and Model Y. It's got a huge 17-inch horizontal display versus the old vertical style that originally came with Teslas. There's actually three displays now in the car. The main one, there's another one behind the steering wheel where your gauge clusters used to be, and there's one in the rear that rear seat passengers can use to control audio, their climate, and even play console quality video games on. There's no more vents in the dash, kind of like the Model 3 and Y, just that directional circulation system that you can control on that huge touchscreen. And most aggressively, they've changed the steering wheel. Yeah, they call it a yoke steering wheel. See, they, they chop the top off and it looks just like a fighter jet with a base along the bottom. They've also removed all the stocks, replacing them with force touch buttons for things like wipers and turn signals, even the horn. You're starting to see the controversy, right? See, the idea is to be more like an F1 racer where all the things can be triggered by buttons on the steering wheel. But one thing you'll notice that's missing is a gear selector. Yeah, this is one of the most controversial choices here because apparently, according to a tweet from Mr. Musk himself, this will, quote, guess drive direction based on what obstacles it sees, context, and navigation map. You can override on the touchscreen, end quote. Okay, now you've gone off the deep end, Elon. I mean, I get the steering wheel design. Besides safety concerns and general questions on road legality, the idea is, you know, this car is supposed to drive you, not you drive it. So the steering wheel is more of a resting place than a controller. But no gear selector? I I, I don't think that'll even pass safety regulations in the States. I mean, imagine trying to do a K-turn and the car is supposed to figure out if it's going in reverse or forward on its own. Yeah, I'm going to pass on that. They also look to be revamping their bad battery pack design because these new models are getting even more mileage. As a matter of fact, these supercharged Plaid and Plaid Plus versions of the Tesla Model S are the fastest production cars ever released. And the Plaid Plus is supposed to get over 520 miles on a single charge. That's huge. Now, Tesla does have to keep the pressure on as more traditional manufacturers start to enter the electric vehicle market. Shoot, GM recently announced that it plans to stop selling any gas and diesel powered vehicles by 2035. <laughs> Good luck, Exxon Chevron. <laughs> Volvo said by 2025, every one of their cars will be electrified. So DEF got to keep moving forward. Just, you know, don't make it dumb. Listen, the overall design looks nice. And of course, the prices have gone up. You can check it all out at the Tesla website because that panoramic roof is sick.
Okay, let's talk about what happened in Philadelphia and their handling of the vaccine and that whole debacle last week because, whoa. So, it, look, it started like this. There was a group of college friends with access to a 3D printer and the city of Philly was in need of face masks at the height of pandemic. So they created a nonprofit, Philly Fighting COVID. Then they opened test sites in neglected neighborhoods. But that was really just the start of this organization because the goal here was to really cash in on the vax. See, the 22-year-old founder claimed that they could vaccinate between 500,000 and one and a half million people. And yeah, you know, the vax is free to you, but whoever administers it, well, they can charge insurance companies $24 a pop. Multiply that by 500K and you can see why he's interested and his investors. So how would they go about doing this? What's his plan? Apparently getting local celebrities like Meek Mill to take a shot and then film it and promote it on social media. He really thought he was going to, you know, just Silicon Valley disrupt his whole thing. Now, the thing is, because they were so successful with these testing sites, they were able to present to the city and they got a deal. It was just unofficial sanctioning and publicity, but they got access to the city's vax and their data on who was eligible, you know, for targeted advertising. So that's probably why in December they switched from a non-profit to a for-profit company. They shut down their testing sites claiming that testing was no longer relevant in the age of the vacuna. Then problems started. Booking errors caused 85 and 95 year olds to stand outside with appointment confirmations, but no vax. And then before they shut down for the night, though, quote, staffers started telling volunteers and other workers to call anyone they knew to come in for a shot because there were going to be extras. Then she saw Dorishan, the 22 year old CEO, grab a handful of vaccines and stuff them in his bag along with the corresponding CDC vaccination record cards. End quote. <laughs> wow, what a shit show. Apparently, the doses were ex- set to expire if not used. I don't know. Huge flop in Philly here. Investigations are starting. We're going to see what's going to happen here because lots of questions need to be answered. Have you been craving your concrete gravel in the morning and just haven't been able to find it? You know who you are. Those people that enjoy eating rocks for breakfast with a side of milk. They're neither grape nor nuts, but that's what they're called, grape nuts. And there's a shortage for some reason. Apparently, it's a difficult process to chisel these tiny pellets from mountains of granite and fill a cardboard box, slap a post label on it, and ship it to market. Post says, quote, the cereal's made using a proprietary technology and a production process that isn't easy replicated, which has made it more difficult to shift production to meet demand during this time, end quote. So we're actually seeing now scalping of grape nuts boxes. Walmart has a third-party seller with boxes going for 110 bucks a pop. No lie. Typical pandemic price gouging. And the following is so strong that people are paying it. Now, many were concerned that they might be discontinued when the store shelves were empty or limited purchasing was allowed, but rest assured, they have no plans to cancel the nearly 120-year-old cereal. And you'll soon be able to enjoy your fiber-rich crushed marble breakfast once again. And finally, in gaming news... 
Something you'd never think would happen has been announced. A Sony-developed game, originally for the PlayStation and still developed in-house, is scheduled to be released on the Xbox. MLB The Show 21 is coming out on both platforms after much rumor and speculation. Quote, despite Sony developing and publishing the games, it has now been confirmed that MLB The Show 21 will be launching not just for PlayStation 4 and 5, but Xbox One and Xbox Series X as well. What this means is that someone could pick up MLB The Show 21 for PlayStation and play with their friends on Xbox. And not only that, but have their progress carry over to Xbox if they so desired and vice versa. MLB The Show 21's cross-play support is huge as it means that the game's potential player base will be significantly larger than it was when the game was only available for PS. End quote. Now, of course, don't expect more exclusives to start crossing borders between platforms. Now, this definitely has more to do with MLB licensing than anything, but it will be strange to see the PS logo on an Xbox game. And you know, this used to be one of those games that specifically brought players over to the PlayStation side of the platform wars fence. So this is going to be interesting. There are going to be more details coming in March and I can't wait to play ball. Well, my beautiful people, those are my top eight stories of the day. And in bonus news, unfortunately, some sad news here. R.I.P. to Screech. Dustin Diamond from Saved by the Bell fame. I grew up watching. Unfortunately, we've lost him at the early age of 44. It was actually just three weeks ago diagnosed with a malignant form of cancer, carcinoma. We knew he was in poor health. We were really hoping he was gonna make it out of there. Super sad news, and just once again, fuck cancer. In brighter news, today is February 1st, which means it's the start of Black History Month. Now, of course, you can expect lots of your favorite brands to pretend to care and talk about all they do for diversity and inclusion and then forget all about you again on March 1st. But at least we know that NPR is doing their tiny desk concert series and they've got like 13 or 15 black artists that are scheduled to appear on their YouTube channel. So I am at least excited for that. And with all the content that showed up on Netflix and Apple TV and Hulu recently in light of the Black Lives Matter movement, I'm sure there's going to be lots of ways to celebrate. And another bonus that just popped up and kind of goes along the same story here. Looks like Ryan Coogler, the director of Black Panther, is developing a series for Disney Plus set in Wakanda. The entire universe is expanding. I'm really loving what Disney Plus is doing here with their TV shows, which are kind of like bite-sized movies. They've all been really good so far. Mandalorian, now WandaVision. Super excited for Falcon and Winter Soldier that's coming out soon. It's a great time to be a fan of anything that Disney owns, which is almost everything. Anyways, thanks once again for listening to the show. Remember to subscribe to the pod if you're not already subscribed. You can tell your friends how they can get their daily TLDR of the news over at top5at5.com or their favorite podcast platform. I don't know, like Overcast or Castro. Listen, we'll talk again tomorrow. And as always, remember, stay focused, proud, and dedicated. Catch up with Quest because I got you with the news.